Greetings and welcome to episode 7. Yes, that's right, sports fans. We've done seven or six of these uh, of Elite Rugby Banter, the alternative rugby commentary. I'm joined as ever by the ever venerable uh, Matt. Matt, how are you? Not too bad, thanks. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, it, it was a sunny day in Joburg yesterday, so my spirit is a lot brighter. And a uh, special guest, and I'll say probably the most technically minor chap we've had on the show thus far, all the way from Mauritius. He's our international correspondent, the Pacific Islands version of Southern Hemisphere Rugby, well, of African Rugby. Ben Lowe, how are you, Ben? I'm well, thanks to you. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, ab- absolute pleasure. Because, uh, Matt and I, we, we just uh, talk a lot of nonsense sometimes, so every now and then it's a good idea to bring on people who know what they're talking about. So, I think... Uh, the... I, feel, I feel you might be overrating me here, so uh, no pressure. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, what we're going to be talking about today is just 2017 highlights and lowlights. This extends across the whole, we'll probably say, Southern Hemisphere season. So, Super Rugby, Internationals, anything that catches your eye. And then also, we'll be talking about Varsity Cup and the new, we'll call it power play they've instituted for next season. And just the Varsity Cup in general, about the tournament's place in the South African rugby landscape. So, I'm going to start it off with uh, Matt. Matt, when we talk about the 17 uh, rugby season across Super Rugby Internationals, whatever it may be, what what are some of your highlights and why? Look, it's been a bit of a long and a grey season for me. Mm. So I've spent most of the last day or two sort of picking out highlights and all that. And the one that I've always been coming back to, it's most probably because I'm a silly Kings fan, but it's that one penalty that Lionel Crenier decided to kick. Mm when they were what, a point down and it's on the edge of the line and you decided, no, it's cool. I'm going to take this penalty and win the game for us. Yeah, it was, I agree. I've been, I've been racking my brain to try and remember who did that, who it was against, but it was also like the fourth win in a row. It was against the Sharks, I think. I think it was the Sharks. Yeah, yeah. I, I had that down as one of my highlights, actually. Just that win along with the uh, the Kings win against the Waratahs. The whole Kings season. Yeah. Well, it was good vibes. Yeah, no, that... They were there, had those four four wins on the trot. It was just amazing. Yeah, especially, especially from the ashes of uh, a, replacements, a replacements team. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, because, yeah, yeah, those wins all came after the wake of where the announcement, where they announced the reshuffle for mm. the 2018 Super Rugby season. So they hadn't quite said, you know, Kings are out, but it was, I mean, the writing was on the wall by then. Yeah, uh, exactly. And uh, uh, anything else? That uh, comes to mind. Uh, the problem is, I think the the box of this last outgoing tour have, mm. has tainted my sort of <laughs> outlook. I had a rosy outlook on on the rugby season up until this end of year tour, and I just can't look back with 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 good intentions anymore. I'd, all all the hopes dead. <laughs> I kind of agree with you. I'm very much less about that, Ben. Um, do you have anything to add for the whole season? Well, anything? I'm, any, I'm... Mm. A little off book. I'm going to say the sevens was has been a massive positive to me. Like 100%. they got their structure going really nicely, and they they they're doing really well. Like they finished last season really strong, and now they've come into this season really got the ball rolling nicely. Um, and again, yeah, and again the the Kings were very impressive. But for me as a Lions fan, I would definitely say the fact that the Lions managed to build two solid seasons in a row, coming from they were yeah. nowhere three four years ago. Yeah. And that 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 they've managed to keep their place at the top. That's really impressed me. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I keep trying to interrupt you because I I agree with the sevens points. I'll, I'll harass you about that later. But what else? Uh, also, finally, I was very happy with the way the the box played against France in the first the 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 mid season inbound tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the June tour. 
Yeah, the June, yeah, the June tour, was, tour was great. Like, I was so full of hope, and then, like, they just pissed on all of that, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it was like pissing on a car battery by the end of the year. <laughs> oh, no, it was fucking, it was painful. Sorry, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, 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 you are. We, we're not uh, subject to uh, ICASA regulations or whatever it may be. I don't know if we've labeled ourselves with the little E next to our episode titles, but I think it's coming. If we ever end up on, when we end up on iTunes, we're going to get that little red E next to our title. Was it explicit? <laughs> explicit, yeah. Well, beyond, beyond sort of... I meant everyone, like PlayStation games. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's no, on, on actual podcasts, on iTunes, next little episode, there's this tiny little red E, which normally means that they've sworn like once. So someone has to listen to every podcast to see if someone's sworn once. No, I think you've actually got to market yourself. It's, it's self-regulating as far as I remember. Well, I, I thought the E was, uh, you know, explicit content. Was, some of our talks incredibly sexy when it comes to rugby. But uh, clearly I'm, I'm quite biased. Dude, just if, if you if you're talking too much about boated barrets like skip passes and Oof, inside walls and no, shit like me, you no, gotta put it the not, e. not even his skip or, passes, just him running with a ball. It's filthy. I was gonna say if you want to talk about someone being too sexy while running, Charlie Famuina with his side steps and all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Charlie Famuina's best feature is his hands, dude. I remember that one try. He's just got the, he he, not, he can throw phantom passes. He's got the most beautiful hands for a prop. Uh-huh. But they're so soft, like he can, like you can, like throw the ball at his shoelace, and you'll just pluck it up, casually look around, like he's got it. Yeah, no. Uh, I reckon Sonny Bill, Sonny Bill Williams obviously modelled his career after Charlie Famuina's skill set. Yeah, and uh, and also his facial hair is quite impressive. I know you sport a beard, um, Matt. Yeah, no, I've lost about a good five centimeters off my beard this weekend. <sighs> went for went for that summer trim. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm about to get badly no, off topics. No, 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 no. no. These... no there's not much. There's not much rugby going on no. now. So, I mean, if we go off topic, we go off topic. Yeah, no. We, it's called creating good content. Whoever's listening, I'm sure enjoy that. But I actually wanted to ask you, Ben. Um, what do you think's been the main reason for the Sevens program success? I'm not even going to serve the last two years. I know towards the end of Paul True's time as coach, they won the Seven Series for the first time under him. They've, even, they've always been competitive. Uh, I know they went through a phase, they went winning tournaments, but they have been remarkably consistent um, for, for at least five years, and especially a couple of years since the inception of the Sevens program. What do you think it's about the Sevens, and they've been putting on a good show in Cape Town thus far? Uh, why is it successful? What, what do you think that the 15-man code perhaps could learn from the success of the Sevens? I think the, the, the team's been together for a long time. Like there's, mm. there's not, there's not a lot of chopping and changing. Cause if you look at even this year, like I think there's probably been, how many Springboks do you think have, repre- have represented this year? 30, 35? Many, many, quite a few guys have been capped this year. Yeah. And, and then, then if you see stuff like, like I would say maybe in the last three or four years, they've been close to a hundred box, mm. which is, if you think about it, it's stupid. Like, what are we doing? But um, the Sevens, I think they, they, they keep their squad t- uh, very compact. And I mm. think they, they have a good team team spirit, or for lack of a better word. I don't know where it comes from. You know, like, the Lions obviously base theirs off kind of God or whatever. I don't know if... So we've heard. Know, if that's so, uh, so we've heard. It's just quite a very uh, yeah. religious, <laughs> well, religious environment. It's, it's like mandatory. If you're winning man of the match for the Lions, you have to thank God. Or, I don't mm. know, you don't get your bonus. Like, I'm not quite sure how it works. But... Um, yeah, they obviously have a good they have a good structure, and also in terms of in terms of like um, integration, meeting sort of their development targets and yeah. stuff. That team is like it's so representative of South Africa. It's, it's great to see, and they also just as a playing wise, they seem a lot fitter than their opponents. True, and also at the same time a lot more structured, especially on defence. 
Uh, I think all of those are very good points. Um, I know Titi, so, and I, I was ranting and raving that last week that the sevens are proof that transformation, I think, is uh, a bit of a, a moving target in respect of people complaining about it. I, I don't think if the structures were in place, it wouldn't be an issue. Uh, I think the cricket, Proteus cricket is an example of that. Like sometimes hard choices have to be made. But I think generally speaking, we all understand the bigger picture. And the sevens is proof that if you give guys opportunities, many of them will rise to the challenge. I know from a juniors level, look, I don't have statistics in front of me, but the drop-off of the non-white players, to use that term, uh, moving into senior divisions is quite high compared to uh, white players. I know this was the case a couple of years ago from especially a Craven Week perspective. So I, I agree with you. I don't know, Matt, if, if you've kind of seen that as well. Yeah, I don't know. For me... With the success of the Sevens, I think, uh, as Ben said, a lot of it boils down to they've sort of got the right systems in place. And that, and I think they are, whoever's spotting talent, I mean, he's, they're able to spot talent, I think, from a, a good couple of two, three seasons out. Because, I mean, the guy, from what I understand, the guys are sort of practicing constantly together and all that. Mm. And it takes, takes a while for them to actually move up into sort of the starting lineup and that. There's very much a graduation system. Uh, there's all the Oaks who've been around, and they're constantly blooding new guys, a la Steve Hansen with, with the Kiwis. There's always at least a fresh pipeline of talent um, coming through. And there's a team not really of superstars. New Zealand have tried that, and uh, they, they've been okay. So, yeah, I, I disagree. I'm just going to also quickly rattle off. I just got a couple of highlights. I've re- we've already talked about the Kings. They win, in the, win against the Waratahs in Sydney. Uh, I was very upset that day because my fantasy team um, was really backing <laughs> backing Israel Falau to score many tries. Always, always about the fantasy. Uh, but again, that was well, a fantastic win. <laughs> yeah, yeah Falau's, Falau's the most expensive mistake guys can make in sport. Oh, he's never a mistake, dude. If just just got to watch him no, run the ball. No, he's not. Huh? But there's no, there's no, there should be like a relic because he's so expensive. Like his points should count for less. They should sort of handicap him. No, man. Yeah, because I mean... That's all the money yeah, for. Yeah, but I mean, you could... Oh, no, no, that's going to be a different argument. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we're going to talk... Yeah, I think it's not going to charge... Next year, we'll definitely be doing fantasy previews that's, every week. That's that, a, yeah, that's a fight for January. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm looking forward to that. As I, I love fantasy. But uh, moving on from that, great win against the Waratahs. Those are all gutsy stuff. Uh, I agree with you, Ben. The France series, I actually did go to the game at Ellis Park, uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And you actually thought uh, things were starting to come together. How, oh, how... That was a false dawn. And the draw against the Wallabies in Australia, I thought that was a gutsy performance. I know Elton missed that kick, or maybe a sign of things to come. The Lions run to the Super Rugby final. Dylan Lades, just in terms of the back line and, and players that are coming through, I think once he was given opportunities, he's emerged. I'm sure there's a couple of other younger Springboks. Malcolm Marks is another one. And then I know uh, a little bit odd, but just the Crusaders. The Crusaders winning Super Rugby. I've watched a lot of it. Uh, late wins against the Highlanders and other teams then coming to Johannesburg and beating the Lions. I just thought that was top class, actually. It just, uh, just uh, uh, it reminded me of the Bulls of Yonder, actually. Just that winning mentality that the Crusaders had. Yeah, they're really like winning's a habit kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and they, yeah. I don't know. They were just relentless. I knew I had something. I mean, I'm also a Lions fan. I had something in my gut telling me they should be favorites of the game. And they came here, and uh, look, the red the red card um, didn't help matters, uh, but they deserve to win. And I think they deserve to win the title. Nobody could argue argue with that. Yeah, they had a, they had a great team. And do you, know, do you know what, with the, oh, fuck, I'm so anti the conference system, but mm. with the conference system, they had it so much harder than the Lions. They like, did. They did. Yeah. Like, like they, they must have been, like, they had, what, like, 
I'd say 12 tough games, like test yeah. match level games. Yeah. And they came through them all. They won a majority of them, and then they still had the they still had juice in the tank for the final. And most no. of their players were bloody involved in the Lions tour at midfield. No, I was going to well. say. No, that's also something that whenever you're sort of looking at any of the New Zealand franchises, you've got to remember that all those guys played essentially an extra two games on top of the Super Rugby season in the middle of their season. No. It's ridiculous. It's the, true. The conditioning, the conditioning of those New Zealanders is scary. Well, I think we, we've, had, we've even failed to mention the Lions series, uh, even as neutrals uh, for us. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Um, I think it showed the world... Just a way to play the All Blacks. All credit to to the Lions uh, as well. I think I think the Lions were a little bit lucky in that last test from an officiating point of view. One one was kind of a uh, fair reflection of the series, but it was great. Uh, for, it was great. It was great for World Rugby. No matter the result, New Zealand probably should have been the winner. A few dodgy calls, but it was a great spectacle for World Rugby. I'm sure you could argue the points the, to the end. They, they, they talk about it a lot on Supersport. It's normally South Africa, kind of the butt of the joke. Yeah. But the Lions outthought the All Blacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the All Blacks oh, played it in, in probably all three games, but the Lions, they, they came with a game plan and they executed their game plan. It's like, I think a lot of teams, a lot of teams can learn from that. Yeah. Like, and it's, a and it's where, it's where yeah. your, your coaching becomes so important and your kind of the message coming from the coach to the players, which... There seems to be somewhat of a disconnect in South Africa. Huh? Mm, but uh, like that, the, people think that they were a blunt instrument. I think that try they scored virtually from their own try line in the first test. I think it was Liam Williams who ended up crossing the try line, crossing multiple hands, trying gaps. It showed they could play rugby. And and then after Sunny Ball got sent off for only the second red card ever in All Blacks history, which is also a lie. There's there's some definite lies in there. Um, Isn't it professional history though? But, uh, Isn't it? Prof- it was the first red card since what, like 1950? Yeah, or but like 50 years, yeah, exactly. or, some, or something ridiculous like that. The, yeah. that. That's complete. Like, like if you like, because I was looking at a stat the other day, mm. and it was saying in the this was a while back. This was still Tri Nations. You know, when you're mm. going back through old stats, we've all done it. Um, <laughs> and it was saying that for every five penalties given away in Tri Nations, South Africa would get a yellow card. New Zealand was for every like 16 penalties they would get a yellow card. Like it's just I don't know. No, it's no just... but that that makes sense for New Zealand. I mean, there was always that that long-standing you can't penalize McCaw. I mean, it's yeah, the just cloak... it was a fact. With, it was a fact with refs and the, the, the cloak of invisibility uh, that he seemed to wear from Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, they had a cloak of invisibility, and then you saw those memes. Even he acknowledges it. He he very well knows that uh, he got away with murder. Uh, I remember. Yeah. There was, do you think he? Do you think he was technically very good, like to the refs, like he would explain yes. the ruck laws in like intimate detail? Yeah. And then that, the refs well, would see him like going in the side and shit, be like, "That must be legal," because he <laughs> he knows like he knows he, the law so well. I remember there was there was the one game where he played with the wrong jersey. He, he was with seven, hey. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, and there was a game where he was playing six, and ref blue, and num- blue number six. Number six stood up, it was McCaw, and the ref's eyes just went like dinner plates. He realized he <laughs> fucked up. He realized, shit, I've blown the wrong guy. I've, there's clearly something going on here. Yeah, well, so, I mean, yeah, that's what you... I agree. You've hit the nail on the head, Matt. He, you know what? It, it takes a head of a professional to be able to manage the referees and uh, the opposition uh, to get... I mean, he was... 
the master of the professional foul. Or, no, not professional foul. That's actually if he gets caught, of gamesmanship. He knew exactly yeah. where the line was and then was 0.0001 millimeters behind it the whole time. The All Blacks yeah. are like that. They, they, they don't care. Same as uh, blocking guys, on. I think, as post runners that did it. The Lions uh, complained about or, it. We've, we've seen others. Or not yeah. Or, or that trick that they taught the Italians of not committing to the rap yeah. when there's no offside line. No, they, I mean, they, that... the rules are there to be bent. And if they can be bent, the All Blacks will find a way for competitive advantage. And that's the nature of professional sports. We hate them for it. We also respect them for it. Well, I do, at least. It's highly irritating. But, uh, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. They're just the ultimate gamesmanship people, to say that much. Did, did... Did the Italian little ruck, like, you know, the, the non, non-creation non mm. of ruck, did that happen this year? Because that's yeah, one of my highlights, is, if it was. Because I love when year. the underdog just defies. That was this year, and Eddie Jones, yeah, that was, yeah it was this year, because, yeah, it was this Six Nations. And they've since changed because the law. I don't know that they've changed the law. It's they have. Everyone, they, uh, they can't, they can't do that anymore. The law change would only come into effect when? June, then. November? I think it was actually for November, because I know that the new ruck law was applied when um, the Southern Hemisphere teams went on tour this year, which is also, uh, I know the Welsh were quite effective with that when they played us. They had a better understanding of the law where the box are committing two guys to the ruck, too many guys yeah, to the Yeah, but they've ruck. been playing, the Northern Hemisphere has been playing the new rules since since their mm. season kicked off yeah. right at the end of Super Rugby. So uh, where our guys have been relaxing, they've been playing with the new rules. Yeah, I think it was Six Nations, like the lot when the old law was still applied. But yeah, it, uh, anyway, I like like I, I'm I'm kind of glad because it did it did make the game look a bit stupid. It did. But I, uh, I like that that Italian Italy sort of stood up to England and said like, listen, we're gonna we're gonna try bend this to our advantage, and they thought it through and they they executed to some extent, I guess. That's true. Well, I reckon you can do it more than some extent, and almost to great extent. Well, it, it any, got... any time. Anytime the Italians make the British look foolish, I think it's a good day for everyone else. Yeah, and it really. No, anytime me, anyone yeah. makes British people look foolish, pleases me. Oh, just oh, oh just oh, I, I actually haven't bothered mentioning my lowlights. Uh, international season, uh, kind of like you, Matt. Red mist. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of got over it after after the France series. And uh, I know it sounds r- random coming from a Lion supporter. I found the Bulls to be incredibly disappointing this year oh, I, I was gonna i was gonna say that because traditionally a strong bulls team means a strong south Af- a strong yes. springbok team yes and, and you can actually you can almost like the the performances are correlated you can see and you know they oh they're rudderless do you know what also gets me though with the bulls mm. they they for, for honestly they were shut the whole of super rugby okay? yeah uh, the, they the, were abysmal. The, they were terrible they were absolutely but, awful but, i mean they were but, worse than the cheetahs and, and and what was the worst part about the Bulls? Their backline. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And now we pick off we pick off the fucking Bulls backline in the book team. Like, well, you see this. Okay, look, I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because we've complained endlessly about Tutti and his selection problems and him claiming this week that mistakes happen, even though he's he's the the, the bloody coach. Sorry, as you can see, I'm losing my temper. But I, I agree. I just I, it kind of parks back to Adrian Strauss. He was their skipper. But same as oh, he was a skipper for the box. Oh. Yeah, it all goes back to it. You could just, you could just. He wasn't the best hooker at the Bulls. He's still starting. He's not bringing the gears or the energy on the field. And and hookers are like I said, I'm not a technical coach, but they're so incredibly important. You need a hooker with a, with a high work rate. But as was proven oh, last oh. year for the box, and for the Bulls this year, his work rate was low. And it just kind of it was a malfiance. Well, malfiance. Yeah, whatever. In 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 across the whole Bulls organization and then France, uh, not France, pardon me, uh, uh, Norris Marais, 
here's always his quotes after the game. That sound like someone we know, Alistair Kutsia. Perhaps so. Look, I'm glad John Mitchell's there. It, it's uh, He's the right sort of character. He'll break down some trees. And I know the forums were joking about him being a killer and uh, not giving a crap about anything. But that's the guy the Bulls need because they've become complacent. And as much as it, as much as it was enjoyable, enjoyable for me to watch the Lions hammer the Bulls at Ellis Park. It was a good game of rugby, that being said. But uh, as you said, Ben, a strong Bulls side is a strong South African side. Uh, there is a correlation between the two. I don't know why, but there is. So, and given their player resources, uh, it should be better. Yeah, I think I think it comes back to sort of the the Afrikaner backbone of rugby. But maybe maybe mm. that's changing. Maybe the and I guess I guess with uh, transformation objectives that that needs to change. Like you can't have you can't have like rugby being an Afrikaans sport because mm. it'll never thrive in sort of the the government structures, will it? Yeah, we're trending in the right direction. I'd like to say so, but uh, uh, I don't want to, uh, as, as, as you would have heard, Ben, Matt and I, we've moaned endlessly about uh, Tutti these last three weeks in particular, beyond the performances on the field and his selection, and it's just the absolute bile uh, that he serves off it to the press. Um, oh my, yeah, no, I have no time for that. I had a had a go in the group the other day about that, how he just, how it's just, com- <sighs> like, like he must either just keep his, keep his mouth shut yeah. Say like the you know the legal minimum because I think they have to give conference. <laughs> yeah, they do. Either they do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, they they could have hired. Sorry, I mean, has enough spare cash to just hire a PR person to give Tutti his sort of three talking points he should say to every question, and then that's it. Yeah. He, his, they, I think I think giving him a script would have been the best thing possible for him. <laughs> these are your five bullet points. If they ask anything else, just look at them. That's uh, it. And like, then just like, get him out for that. Trying to answer a question. Yeah. Like, yeah just just. Mm-hmm. Jose Mourinho does it sometimes when he's just like he's just hurtful, mm-hmm. and he's just yeah. like, uh, "What happened? Yeah, you saw we lost. So Jose, what would you think about this formation? You saw we lost. Yeah, well, just uh, repeat." And he also says that you're saying that I'm not saying that. Mourinho also does that. <laughs> yeah, he, he like he like turns it on them, but but also I think they he should have he should have media training though, because like all yeah. professional like. Everywhere else in the world, professional sportsmen have media training. Mm. Like, yeah. you see how well, especially the Australians, especially the Australian cricketers, how well they all deal with the media. Mm. And then, like, they put our idiots in front of the... And you're just like, oh, my God, you're embarrassing <laughs> your country, you're embarrassing yourself. Like, your mom must be just hiding her face in a pillow. Yeah, and he's been dealing with the press for years, from the Stormers, and... Uh, I mean, he's been... He was 2007 Bach, working with Jake. He's not unfamiliar to the press. Um, so, I mean, as we, we discussed a couple of weeks ago, it's perhaps just a reflection of his current state of mind uh, at the moment. It's just the pressure of the job. Who, know, who knows what it is? It's just that I've, that's been uh, incredibly disappointing. Do you think, Ben, I mean, we haven't asked you this, do you think he's going to keep his job? Uh, our general consensus is he will not um, because the box, yeah, the brand is suffering and uh, the brand is money. Beyond, and beyond the players just being, um, I don't know, it doesn't... It's, there seems to be a bit, of a bit of a disconnect. Do you think, come? Um, I think the big meeting's next week, or, or they met on Friday. Yeah, 13th so, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you think, do you think he'll Friday keep... Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> Inauspicious day. Do you think he'll I, keep his I, job? I, I can't see... To be honest, I, I thought he should lose his job this time last year. Yeah, I'm with you there. Just based on... But, but also, like, like I do I do think you have to, have to give coaches a fair crack at it, let them mm. establish their own their own way of doing things and stuff. But I feel I feel he's had enough and he deserves to lose his job. My my issue is that 
isn't an obvious candidate waiting in the wings. No. That's all, yeah, that's... <laughs> There's a savior. Didn't, didn't you hear? Rassi Erasmus, he's going to... I mean, I assume he'll get the job. No, but I think Rassi's he'll be better. Not gonna be coach. No, Rassi's not going to coach because they're going to need... Rassi's going to stay sort of the puppet master in the wings, <laughs> directing everything. He's never going to be the face. He's never going to be coach. Yeah, He's okay. never going to be the one in front of the media. Or have to give and an interview. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, no, no, but he, he won't. Like, I don't think Rassi, Rassi isn't like a... I don't think he's like a motivator of men. I think technically he's brilliant. Yes, yes. But I don't think he's someone who can like really rev the boys up at halftime or anything like that. Well, I mean, we've seen the rumors. Uh, Matt and I, uh, even Alex, to agree. We've discussed it before. Deion Davids uh, and Tao uh, and, okay, yeah, uh, and Clayton, uh, a friend, a friend of the podcast, and also on the Facebook group notes that David is rumored to be a technically the Oak knows what he's talking about. And judging from what he did at the Kings, he could bring a squad together. But I, I know you, you raised that column last week, Matt, written by. Um, his first, his first name is Sim. Actually, forgive me, I can't actually remember remember his full name. But he just noted how uh, David might be. He, he pretty much said the Springbok job at the moment is a poison chalice. Who whoever gets given yeah. the job, it, it's just a bit of a well, a band a, a band aid job. So I think, be, uh, who else will take the job though? No one else. Jake White always applies. Uh, he loves sure. it. I think they they need a they need a man manager though, because I think any sort of technical whatever game plan and stuff that's all going to be coming from Rassi, I hope. Mm. yeah so 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 what, what they need is someone who can really bring the team together work on problem players kind of get everyone pushing in the same direction but so, i don't so, i don't know who so, that is so what we're saying is we want skulk burger to just hang around hang around in the in the change rooms and just sort of talk to the players on Rassi's yeah, vr someone someone so, like no, that like yeah because yeah. i think i think technically we don't need a coach who's technically amazing or incredibly innovative or anything like that. I think we just need someone who can really get everyone behind Rassi's game plan, whatever that is. Uh, that, that's a fair point. So, sorry, Matthew, you were saying? Just about... Uh... I, was gonna, yeah. I was going to agree with Ben. I mean, in my opinion, New Zealand's been doing that with Hansen. I don't think he's all that technically sound or, and imparts in many, very many skills mm-hmm. onto the players. I mean, most of that sort of stuff, I think, comes from the players. He's just sort of this cohesive force behind the players and sort of gels them together. I mean, him, he's, Wales under his uh, coaching was abysmal. I mean, they only won like one or two t- international tests. Mm. Well, then, it's, then maybe it's a guy like Wayne Smith. No, I mean, he's coaching the best team ever, apparently. But I mean, his previous job, he was considered shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, well, I, don't, I don't, I think, yeah, as Ben says, I we don't need a technical coach. We just need a lack of guy. But but I, I think I think this also comes back to the to the the player drain, the mm. the skills yeah. drain, because now we don't have there, there's no sort of people with lots of we don't have any hundred cap books in the squad. I guess Beast is still around for whatever reason. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't gone because he would definitely sell jerseys somewhere. Yes, yes. But. Um, we we don't because you know when they said the sort of the the Peter de Villiers era we are a very successful team especially now we're comparing it to sort of our current era yes yeah. but but pe- people always said like the team was sort of run by the you know run by Skulk Victor Bucky's uh, John Smith like the people who yeah. had like you know a hundred caps they could you know the the younger guys really looked up to them they could bring the team together they could rev them up at halftime they could do all these things so you didn't need a you don't. There wasn't so much reliance on the coach, but now because of the 
the skills drain, we have actually a relatively a relatively inexperienced team. So we need the mm. we we do need we do need a very uh, an inspirational coach. Let's say that a mm. a a uh, motivator of men, a leader an of orator. men. An orator, I think, is the word. <laughs> Ma- Maximus Decimus Meridius. Yes, that yeah. If, if only, if only we we could get that. Should we get Russell Crowe to come coach the box? I did enjoy it. So he's got a bit of background, uh, being being from New Zealand himself. Uh, but I always think of Russell Australia. Crowe. Well, that too. He's, he's, he's pretty much. Is it uh, uh, No, well, uh, I don't know. I think of Russell Crowe. I think of Gladiator, and I also think about that South Park episode of uh, fighting around the world with Russell Crowe. Where he just ends up fighting yeah. different people. I, I don't know why I think of that, but uh, it is what it is. But but anyway, let's let's move on. I think we've spoken about the. Oh, so, so, can, can I can I say one more? Probably actually arguably my biggest disappointment of the season. No, no, we we love disappointments here at Elite Banter. That's where it's always good to talk about. <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell um, us. Us losing out on the the World Cup bid to France. Oh, <laughs> I suppressed uh. that. I completely forgotten that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, my, my, my mate mentioned it last night at dinner, and I was just like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, it's, yeah, it's, too soon. it's it's money talks, money talks, and I, God, I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'd actually, as I said, I'd suppress that. And all of us yeah. had some hope, eh? But I don't well, know about we, you. We won that, te- yeah? that technical proposal that thing. So that independent report. Did, I, yeah. I, I felt just, I felt air quotes in George. When you said independent, uh, Matt. When you oh, said... my one, my, my one hand's on my face, but I did air quote with my left hand. Yeah. I, was, I, 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 did, I didn't commit with both hands, but I will admit that the left hand did go up and throw air quotes. Ah, yeah. <laughs> it's, no, but I, you're absolutely correct. But when that report came out, I saw a figure that South Africa had pledged more money than anybody else. And then suddenly France, the French government, or the FRU, whoever it may be, decided to up their uh, allocation in pounds, nogal, uh, two World Rugby for the bid, and suddenly they were offering the most, and then they won the bid. And you could see Bill Beaumont, people, uh, I don't know, I watched a press conference after that bid was decided, and people just legitimately said to him, Bill, doesn't this make a mockery of uh, the whole process? Uh, and he was like, no, it was independent, it was a very fair process. You could, I, I just felt deep down inside, you could see he was pissed off, that they had been wildly embarrassed by the World Rugby Council. So, do you think we're ever going to get another yeah. World Cup? Ben, I know there's 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 the doomsayers saying we won't, but uh, should we not rule out that possibility? I don't know. I think we we're walking on some heavy sort of socio-economics grounds because mm. obviously in terms of sort of safety and yeah, mainly safety. Like South Africa isn't like it hasn't in, like I know when they got the the football World Cup, obviously safety was a major concern and mm. they sort of powered through. But, like, we can't say the situation sort of got better since then, has it? No. no. It's a bit, uh, it seemed uh, the World Cup was an aberration. Things just went back to normal after, after the World Cup. Um, and it's just kind of like, why did we do this all the time? But that's, a, that's a much bigger discussion for, for another day. Now, before we, we uh, the one thing we also need to talk about is Varsity Cup. Now... Varsity Cup, we understand, and Ben, please correct me if, if I'm wrong, you're a bit more speedy me, uh, on this than I am. Uh, next year, they're going to introduce a power play rule, or something of that nature, where an opposition coach will be able to choose a three-minute period during the game when they can 
and choose two backline players from the opposition to remove them from the field. Uh, did, did I get that right? I think it's the opposition captain. Oh, the captain. Yeah, it's the captain. It's the player on the field. Yeah, it's the captain. And just, but but you you have to be in your own half when you call the power play. Oh, I as see. Well. Okay. So so you can't call it like a five meter scrum and then just you know walk, walk it over basically. Okay. Um. Right. I, I I'm just gonna say this sounds like a load of baloney, to me. It this isn't ice hockey. I understand that the varsity cup, they, they do trial certain things, but when it comes to this, I think it's gone too far. I don't really see it being implemented at high levels. Varsity Cup, in many respects, has now overtaken... Well, it overtook what was the Vodacom Cup and now the Supersport Challenge, or whatever it may be, a few years ago. And with the Curry Cup now being shorn to, it looks like, for next year, just uh, seven-round Robin games, uh, it's one of the prime feeders now to the Super Rugby sides. Uh, I just don't, I think it doesn't make sense to me. That's just my personal opinion. I, I just want to... <clears throat> I just want to say... I, I think Varsity Cup has become far more than it should have ever been. Like, I think someone coming from the Varsity Cup to a Super Rugby side should be an exception. Someone coming from the Varsity Cup to the Springboks should be almost unheard of. Like, the point of Varsity Cup is to student athletes, these are amateurs. And they, you know, <laughs> they're studying full time and they're still on the field playing a very high level of rugby. But now, in some of the Varsity Cup teams, there are people who don't even have matric. Like, they're not, they're not students. No. Like, and the, yeah. the academies use it as, like, a feeder side to, you know, give people some game time and... TV game oh, time, I don't know. things like that. Yeah, I, think... I, I, read, I read... I think Varsity Cup has become something it shouldn't be. And it, it's devalued Curry Cup. It's devalued mm. Rotocom Cup. It's yes. devalued... And then the Curry Cup under 19 and under 21, I think. I... I th- think it's become a negative force in South African rugby. I've been yeah. thinking of this new rule over the last... I know originally I was fairly against it, and I think I still am a little against it, but I've slowly seen value in this power play. I mean, we were all worried start of the Super Rugby season how many yellow cards we're going to get dished out and all that, and <laughs> and, and we all sort of applauded the Blues who who'd sort of let slip that they'd been practicing their preseason with one or two players missing from the back line because mm. they knew they were going to be giving away yellow yeah, cards and they yeah, would be spending yeah. 10 minutes at a time with 14 guys on the field. So looking back at that now, I sort of see you can sort of blend the two two together and it's not as bad an idea, but I still don't think it's the best idea. Yeah. But, uh, ten- it's, it's a bit It's a bit gimmicky, but... In a way, I don't because you know both both teams get to do it, so yeah, it'll like it evens out in the end, and then it'll it'll hopefully create some some innovation that teams will be like, okay, what's our plan when we down two players? Like, how are we going to defend? What are like obviously the now the flanks maybe are going to try push like try push out to like the third channel or whatever to try cover the because obviously you're not going to attack close to the ruck, close to the mm. the set yeah. piece when the, when their players down. So I think it could it could create some you could see some interesting, especially defensive defensive kind of strategies. Oh you you also get if you score when you two players down, it's it's a seven point try before you convert it. So it's like a nine point try. <laughs> are you are Sorry. you are you freaking kidding me? Really? Oh that's that's no, brilliant. if you score, if you score when, so when you when you have thirteen so if, players, oh, yeah, oh, if you I manage see. to score, you yeah. you get an you get a extra extra two points. Like it's interesting, but it just seems 
wildly impractical and very and and you used the word you said gimmicky um i don't know i, I just maybe do, I'm just do, do, do you know part. what it is it's it's it, it's very american yes yes Yes, it's, it's the kind it's of thing of, they would they would put into their sports, you know, like it's like it's like the snitch and Quidditch. And I and I think there's also been shades of this happening in high school rugby in South Africa. I know in KZN, so it, I think it was Glenwood refused to play uh, Hilton or something of that nature. No, Hilton, I, Hilton refused to play Glenwood. Yes, yeah, yes. I, I went I went to school down there. I know the the yeah, but do 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 Glenwood. I don't know, like, you know, schoolboy rumors, they get sort of blown out of hand a bit. But mm. Glenwood wanted to have an unbeaten season on their 100th, um, their centenary year. Mm. Okay. So they so they essentially bought the KZN, like, under, I don't know, what, whatever it was. I think it was under 16. Pur- purportedly bought, we'll say. Purportedly yeah, bought. Yeah, so supposedly bought. Yes. And then, but then they they kind of they quite enjoyed having like a untouchable first team, so they just carried on buying them like every year. Mm. So it just became a bit. So I know teams were teams did refuse to play them because it was just getting. It was quite. It, it got a bit. It got a bit silly, and yeah, like I think it was everyone was just taking schoolboy rugby far too seriously. Let's say that. Uh, I, I, look, I don't know what the situation is in Pretoria, but. Um, I don't know, just they talk about uh, the use of supplements and stuff. And a lot of these kids, they're basing their futures on rugby. Because as you said, there's guys maybe within the Varsity Cup teams who might not have matrix or the best academic record. Um, I, I just I do tend to agree with you. Um, I don't. Is it really that healthy now for South African rugby? I'm sure you have people saying it is, it isn't, that sort of thing. But it's undermined more senior competitions or older competitions. So it's not going away anytime soon uh, it's a big money spinner now for uh the unions involved so but I, I guess things will carry on as long as everybody's happy i just want to compliment adam for not flinching when that thunder's going off yeah it's uh it's joburg man it's uh it's, <laughs> it, it, we're, we're pretty used to it as long as uh my router doesn't get fried i'm okay with it uh gentlemen we've we've been chatting now for about almost Right about 40 minutes. Is there, is there anything else uh, that uh, springs to mind that, that you'd like to talk about? Varsity Cup also gave us Damien Delendi, didn't he? Uh, that's not good. I don't want to talk about BDA. <laughs> it, I was no, actually. I just, wanted, I just I just wanted to put one more nail in Varsity Cup's coffin. Yeah, uh, I've been. I've, I know. So I was one of the fools who thought, no, no, he'll come right this season. Geez, he let me down. Eh? Same, uh, same. So yeah, that was actually. We put that in as, as a low light. Yeah, it was. DDA just. It was sort of Retro yeah, it, it, it's, it's, something I, it's something I wanted to finish on. Like, considering we were sort of wrapping up the the South African season, I don't it's, think we were actually negative enough. Like, the season's been piss poor. Yeah, it has. It, 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 it actually has. We're we, we, we letting them get all soft. We've got a win. Yeah. We, our win rates are failure. It's less than 50. So. Do, do, you know, do, do you know what we didn't talk about as well? Well, the Cheetahs and the Kings going to, going to Pro 12. I think that's Pro a good 14. thing. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a that's a positive. No, yeah, sort of... Kings have lost. I think it's ten on the trot now. But with each with each loss, I mean, they're looking from about seven or eight games. It looks like they've the next game's going to be their winning game, and it's just a matter of time. And the cheaters as well. They came in that they, they didn't do too well in their first game. I know a lot of the guys in up north thought oh, that both these teams are going to be an absolute joke and. Cheetahs are punching well above their weight, and I think they they're still in the running to 
get into the knockouts, aren't they? Uh, yes, yeah, they are. Or, or I, I would love it if they won Pro 12, just to slap <laughs> in the face for them. Oh, it, would, it would make yeah. me so happy if the Cheetahs won Pro 12. Yeah, but there's a 14, legitimate concern. I mean, there's a legitimate concern though with Pro 14, especially with the viewing numbers. I mean, I'm pretty sure, not without having any sight of the figures, I can make an educated guess though that I'm sure that they're not as great as they should be right now. Mm. And I reckon if the Cheetahs don't make the knockouts, they are going to be even worse. I don't think there's going to be many South Africans watching the knockouts for the Pro 14. No, but, if, but, but, but if you think about it, any any kind of viewing from South Africa in terms of Pro 14 is a bonus. Yeah, true. But that, that's the, one of the reasons why they expanded the, con- the contest and included us was we promised, look, we're going to be able to increase your viewership figures by about this much. And yeah, but I, I, I hope... Like, we- also, you got you got to give it time. Let them, no, let them sort of... Uh, obviously, I'm not in South Africa, but how how much is it advertised in South Africa? Uh, not the odd, not the much. Ad, not the much. The odd ad on Super Sport, but really. Yeah, not much. beyond beyond that, it's not really promoted, and uh, like I mean, it, it's spoken, it's covered a lot in the press, uh, just match reports and that sort of stuff, but it doesn't get any anywhere near as much coverage um, as the it, sevens, it's, it's thankfully. So, so sevens getting getting a lot of coverage, but I, I kind of agree with you, Ben. Just give give it a chance. I, I do think. Long term, it's great. I know Saru announced two new franchises under the Pumas and Griquis, which suspiciously are in the Curry Cup Premier Division anyway. So it's kind of like that, that, that big big unions club getting bigger. Um, so I, I think it's a positive. I think more South African but, teams playing overseas. It's it's, well, it's, aren't, oh, it's aren't the Griquis the cheaters anyway? No, no, no. The, the, uh, the, they, they were since separated. They're not part of the cheaters anymore. They're about a two and a half hour drive apart. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, oh, in, in in free state terms, that's spitting distance, though. It's <laughs> yeah, look, look, there's there's a provincial border between the two of them. Yeah, that's spitting true. distance. That's three farms. They're next door neighbors, basically. <laughs> no, no, look, I'm not going to argue. I mean, I'm sure they have the same po- uh, same postal code, but still, uh, <laughs> there are uh, only nine people between the two stadiums. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop us there. I I, I think we've we've now I think we've broken a record in terms of uh, podcast length, actually for for elite banter. It's an elite time for a, an elite uh, banter, gentlemen. Ben, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We definitely will. We will. Awesome. I know we will be speaking to you again soon. Matt, thank you. Thanks very much. Uh, no as, 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 as always, me. I just wish I could send some of this rain. It is uh, pissing down here. Um, in Joburg, I wish I could send some of that rain uh, towards you, Oaks, in the Western Cape. But hopefully, that will be changing soon. Um, yeah. Our next, our next episode, uh, we will be joined by Ben. We will figure out uh, we're going to arrange a time amongst ourselves. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, two topics, Ben, that you're passionate about: scrumming, which I know Matt's interested in, uh, and, and about the scrum laws, how that's changed the game, and, and more interestingly to me. Uh, not being a forward-oriented man, the attributes for the perfect player. For a team, I know you do have some ideas uh, on that, Ben. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I do have some ideas on that, and uh, I, I look forward, I look no, forward good. to sharing that. Good, all right, well, Jared, cool. Jared, thanks very much. Uh, take all it right. easy. Away, cheers, yeah. cheers, Matt. Have a good one. Cheers, Adam. Cheers, cheers uh, Ben. Cheers, Ben. Take it easy. Thanks for joining yeah, us. Cheers, Adam.